Welcome to Living Love, the radio broadcast ministry of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Benton, Illinois. Our desire is to live love to God, to others, and the nations. We hope this week's broadcast will bless and encourage you. Now, let's dive into God's Word and see how we can live love today. Behold, I bring you glad tidings of great joy which will be to all people. Today, this season, been trying to get at what Christmas is about by talking about some of the specific things that it is. Last Sunday, we talked about Christmas is giving, and we've played that out a little bit today. But today, we want to talk about the idea that Christmas is joy. And that's where we're headed, and we're going to talk about some of the ways maybe to get to there. But let me just tell you right up front, I've been doing this for about 40 years, and one of the real challenges when you get to the Christmas season is that there are always some families that joy is going to be tough for. I mean, it's just the way the world is. That there are some families that are dealing with cancer at the Christmas season, and it's kind of tough. And, and there are always families in every church that during the course of this last year, there's someone who's gone to be with the Lord, and, and they're not going to be here. And so that puts a little strain. It's a, it's a different kind of feel. Or, or financially, they've been laid off. Or there are just circumstances that make this idea of joy kind of difficult to get to. Now, my advice is to go ahead and do all of the normal things you do, even though it may not feel normal, because that's part of how God can help you to heal and move on. But I also would suggest to you at the very beginning of this passage, and we're going to talk about joy in a, in a, a great deal, but if joy seems tough, let me commend you to the peace of God. Because you understand that the same angel who gave that message, glad tidings of great joy, then was surrounded by a multitude of the heavenly host, and they said, peace on earth, goodwill toward men on whom his favor rests. And sometimes we need to understand that when the joy is difficult, part of the coming of Jesus was also to bring peace. And in the the night when sorrow lasts for the night and joy is going to come in the morning, it's the peace in the night that sometimes God gives and is his greatest gift. And both of them come from the same Savior. And we're part of that same announcement. And so today it may be it's the peace of God that you need that comes in Jesus Christ. But I want to encourage you that God's goodness and His goodwill is still there. And if He will hold you in His peace, the joy may yet come. And it can come. But I suggest that of all of the passages that speak about joy, the Christmas story, the one that I like best is the Magi. And we don't know who the Magi were. We don't really know their names. We don't really even know how many there were. There were three gifts, and so we assume three. And, and we don't really know where they came from. But, but one of the great things we do know about them is that when the, the star, excuse me, when it led them, the star led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. And when they saw the star and I like the King James Version, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. I like this idea of joy. 
And we've been talking about it in the book of Philippians, and we've been talking about this elusive thing called joy. But I think in the story of the Magi, there are some really interesting statements about the way and maybe the sources that Jesus is able to bring joy to our life. And frankly, first of all, there is a little bit of a joy in that they just finally found the kid. I mean, they've been looking for this kid. They got something. We have no idea what they saw, but they got some idea there was a baby that they needed to go find. They needed to get there. They started a journey, and they finally got there. I've wondered if there was one of them. Maybe the youngest of the Magi just kept saying, are we there yet? Are we, are we there yet? It's like if you're getting ready to take a travel trip with children, that's kind of a standard question. Well, it's nice to say, hey, yes, we're there. We got there. There's a kind of joy when you finally show up. And, and I would suggest to you that there is a joy in finishing any task that God has set out for you. They're just the part of idea, and it's a biblical concept, steadfastness. And it's one that we don't talk very much about, but it's the idea of being faithful, not for a little while, but being faithful day after day after day, and finally reaching some sort of goal, some sort of ending. And there's a lot of joy in the world that we live in, just in enduring and getting to where we ought to be. Some of you have kids in school. There is a wonder, will they ever graduate? But if they do, you'll get excited. People working on advanced degrees, going to college, working on it. I mean, I know a guy who worked on his college degree for like 37 years. Uh, you know, got to where he was like five years, five, five credits. I guarantee you when he finally finished that thing, there was some joy. There's something about just being faithful over the long haul. If you've been married 50 years and you have one of those celebrations, a, a 50th wedding anniversary, that's a big deal. I guarantee you not every day of that 50 years was joyful. <laughs> That, that, I don't know, I mean, maybe your marriage is different than the ones I've seen, but, you know, but there's something about we hang on and we persevere, and even though it doesn't feel joyful, we're faithful today and we're faithful tomorrow, and we keep doing the things that we know are right to do, and we keep going on, and when we finally arrive there, there is a kind of joy. I think that God has built into us this idea that if we are faithful today and tomorrow and every day, and in the good days and the not-so-good days, there is a kind of joy that is always there when we finally reach those kinds of things. 20 years at a job, 30 years, 40 years, you hit the day of retirement. There, there's something about being faithful, and part of their rejoicing is that, hey, we finally got here. There is a joy in being faithful every day, and over the long haul, I think there's something special. I think there's some joy in just simply being obedient. Now, they're doing what God told them to do. God, and I, I don't know how God did it. I, you know, what they saw in the sky, we'll talk about maybe what they might have seen tonight. I, nobody really knows. There are things suggested. We don't know how they saw something in the sky and understood that God wanted them to leave where they were and make this long journey, but they did it in an act of obedience. And I will just tell you, when you and I trust God enough to obey Him, there will always be some joy that comes. Now, let me also tell you, disobedience also takes joy away. You remember that story about David, when David, who was a man after God's own heart and had certainly written psalms of joy and rejoicing and praise, and, and then when there was a moment of sin in his life, it's in Psalm 51 that he writes the words, restore to me the joy of my salvation. 
There's something about just obeying God, trusting Him, and doing what He says to do. In fact, we have a a great hymn about trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust. There's just something about when we take God at His word and we obey. We just do what He asks us to do. Trust Him, and that's a part of it. In fact, even this idea, it's just when God has given you a command, trust Him. And He really does know. That he knows how marriage works best. He knows how family works best. He knows how church works best. He knows how life works best. And if we'll just obey him, there is a joy that comes. And I would just tell you, I don't know that the joy of Christmas or the joy of the Christian life can ever be experienced apart from faithfulness, steadfastness, or obedience. Those just are sort of given. There's also, I think, a joy in giving itself. I, I just convinced that there is a joy that comes from that. And that idea of giving and, and joyfully receiving. I mean, if you get a good gift this year, I hope that excites you. I hope you like it. But I also hope you like giving. I hope there is some joy. I hope you can feel good about what you brought today in this unique idea. There's something just rejoicing about giving and giving well. Now, we've already made it kind of clear in sermons that Karen typically is far more generous than I am. She is. I come up with the amount, what we should give. She always thinks it ought to be more. I just want to go on record today that on Friday night, the Marshalls were at a pastor's and wives Christmas dinner in another association. There was a basket in which we were supposed to give an offering, give a love offering for the director of missions. And we didn't really have a chance because I was visiting and talking to pastors and she was talking to pastor's wives. So we didn't really have a chance to talk about what we were going to give. And I didn't see it, but she put something in the basket. And since I didn't see it later, I put something in the basket. I just want you to know I put more in. (laughs) Now, I know that I just lost any blessing that goes with that giving by telling you that and bragging on it. But I was wanting you to know, I'm kind of rejoicing about that today. <laughs> I hope that your giving brings a kind of joy. And you know, there is something pretty neat about, uh, some people are just hard to buy for. And this is a season where there's a lot of giving. But you know, if, if you get a really good idea, and you just, I, I've got the right thing. I, I know what they want. I, I've, I've got the perfect gift, and, and I got it wrapped. And, and there's almost a kind of anticipation because you know you got it right this year. I mean, it's not the one that they're going to return or stick in a closet. But you got a gift that you know when they open it, they're going to get excited because you've got the right. Isn't there a kind of anticipation? It's kind of, you're looking, under, okay, they, they got it. They, it's in their hands now. They're, they're getting ready to open it. And, and, and you get excited because you know you've done the right kind of giving. There is an anticipation and a joy that comes from giving. And I hope that you find some of that. I hope you're able to do some of that. There's something joyful about learning to give and to give well. Pastor Greg a few weeks ago talked about the idea of hilarious giving. God loves a cheerful giving. But I I think if we can trust God, there is a kind of joy that only comes when we learn to give well. And there's something about the Magi that, yes, they've come to give, but they were planning on a gift. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, those are pretty big deals. 
And obviously it was the perfect gift. And whether they understood and knew that that young couple in just a few short days were going to have to uproot and go all the way to Egypt to escape the wrath of Herod and the killing of babies. And how does a carpenter finance a trip like that? Well, God provided. And that's why we we talked last week a little bit about God-inspired giving. When God puts a kind of giving in your heart, there will be a kind of joy that goes with it. Now, it's not always the, the, the exciting, elation kind of joy, but it's a kind of joy where you just know that it's right. And you've given, and you can feel good about it, and there's a kind of, of grace that just fills your heart. There's a kind of joy that comes in, in giving. There's a kind of joy that comes in worship. One of the things we know about the Magi, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy, but when they come into the house and they give their gifts, the Bible also says that they worshiped the child. There are a lot of moods to worship. I mean, there are times when worship ought to be convicting. There are times when we, we come to worship when we're grieving and we're struggling and, and there's just a, a kind of surrender. There's, there's a lot of different moods, but one of the moods of worship ought to be this idea of joy, that we can indeed rejoice and there's something about worship. I did the... Uh, the January Bible study book is the Psalms this next year, and I taught that to a group of pastors, and I've probably spent more time in the Psalms this last year than I've spent in a long time, and just this idea of, of the Psalms and their sense of worship lift our hearts up to the Lord. I, there, some of you actually lift hands every once in a while. Um, I, we don't do much getting up. By the way, I, part of the reason I became a pastor was so I could stand up during church, because I just don't sit well. But there's something about just your heart, your mind, your your body being lifted up in the context of worship. There's something about worship that ought to bring a kind of joy to our hearts. And we worship, and the music kind of helps us to do that. And to be honest, I think there's more joy in the worship music than there is probably in the sermon. I understand that. But but there's something natural. And and to be honest, I, I, uh, I do a lot of funerals. And I always think about, especially when I've done a funeral for somebody who's been faithful, Lord. I mean, been at church week in and week out, steadfast, a whole life. And I've always wondered what it must be like to worship the first Sunday in heaven. I mean, I I don't know that Sundays are any different in heaven. I mean, God is there. The throne is there every day. Maybe they're all the same. I have no idea what that looks like. But it always occurs to me, people who have worshiped God faithfully throughout a lifetime and then go to be with Jesus, what is that first time of worship before the throne of God with all of the angels and all of the things that are going on and, and what that kind of joy might be? In fact, the truth is our worship here is always kind of practice for what the ultimate worship and the ultimate joy in the place where there are no tears and there are no sorrows and and when all things are made new in that place of ultimate joy, that's why worship here is so important because there is a kind of joy in worship. But of course you understand the ultimate joy in the Christmas season is in the child. In fact, I was reminded this week that that salvation is not a theological concept. Salvation is not a, a, a biblical idea. Salvation is not something that you do or I do. Salvation is a person. 
And when they came into that house, when they came into the place where Mary and Joseph and the young child were, they were in the presence of the salvation of all the world. You should call him Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. The name Jesus literally means Savior in Hebrew. That's literally what it means, that there is a kind of joy that comes in the salvation of God, and there is a joy that is not possible in this world apart from having met Jesus Christ. Jesus is the embodiment of joy. And I will tell you that we live in a world where there are individuals this season, maybe more than any other, that are chasing after something that's going to make them happy. Something that's going to make their Christmas perfect and they're going to try and buy the presents and do the decorating and go to the parties and do all of those kinds of things. But the reality is they will spend thousands of dollars and hours and energy and in the end will come up empty this season because they have not found the one real meaning of joy and salvation and peace and it is Jesus Christ. And so today I hope that you found that. In fact, it's interesting. I love this idea that there's an angel who says to the shepherds, I bring you glad tidings of great joy. There's another time in which Jesus talks about angels and joy. That he says that when one sinner repents, when one person finds the Savior, when one person comes to know Jesus Christ, that there is joy in heaven and the angels rejoice. I've kind of decided that all we know about angels, I don't know much, but I think they're party animals. I just think they are. I mean, I've kind of thought any Sunday morning when there's an invitation giving, and of course it's going on all around the world all the time, and, and it's happening every day, every, you know, and I just kind of wonder, the angels are in heaven looking, somebody getting ready. So, I think that person's ready to, they're, they're going to receive Christ this morning. They're going to repent of their sins. They're going to come to Jesus. And, and they're just kind of an anticipation waiting for somebody to come to know Christ so they can rejoice and have a party in heaven and know the joy that happens when people come to know Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I... I've had the privilege of sharing with people when they've come to know Christ, and, and sometimes it's, it's tears in their eyes, sometimes there's just so many different emotions, sometimes it's simple and it's quiet, and, and yet there's just that excitement of seeing someone come to meet Jesus Christ, and there is a kind of joy that I, I almost wish we could bottle, in fact, sometimes I wish we didn't believe in perseverance of the saints so you could get saved more and more and more and more, just, you know, lots of times be saved because there's a joy in coming to to know Christ. And some of you can go back to that time when you came to know Christ and you can remember that joy. You understand the ultimate joy of Christmas is when we find Jesus Christ. And I don't know that the Magi understood it all. I, I don't know that they figured it all out. But they walked into that house and they knew that they had found something worth traveling for. They knew they had found something worth sacrificing for. They knew that something had occurred and they were seeing something. They were in a presence that was not like any other presence. They thought they were looking for a king of a nation and they ended up finding the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And we don't know how old he was, maybe a toddler, we're not sure. But they found him and there was a joy in finding Jesus Christ. And I hope you have found that joy. 
And I want to maybe suggest to you that there's one other element about this idea of the magi and the shepherds and the concept of joy, is that it makes it very clear in the story of Christmas that the joy is available for everybody. Did you ever stop and think that there were shepherds? By the way, I like in the hymn, certain poor shepherds. Shepherds were kind of the lowest of the economic rung, but they were chosen to hear the story of Jesus. And magi, with gold and frankincense and myrrh in their possessions, we're talking about a whole nother realm. And doesn't that not just tell you that the Savior came and the joy of Jesus Christ is available to the poor and to the wealthy? The shepherds, by the way, were probably Jews. The magi were almost certainly Gentiles. And when it was glad tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, that means people who are Jews and people who are Gentiles, the first real announcement that we know of was to a woman, to Mary. Later on, in about seven days from the birth, we know they're going to go to Jerusalem, and and there's Anna and Simeon who both receive a man and a woman who both receive the unique message that God has done something phenomenal, and this child has come, and it means the gospel is for men and women. There's a whole lot in here that this idea of the, the gospel needing to go all around the world for every person, for every man, woman, and child who needs to hear about the message of the child that was born, who was lived and then died on the cross and rose again, that that is the ultimate source of joy. And it is for every single person and every individual to know. But today, this issue of joy, There's kind of an old chorus. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. But there are some times when we have to just say, man, I haven't had much joy lately. Well, maybe it's good back to, to revisit the source of joy. Maybe today you've never really come to know Jesus Christ. You've never really had that discovery of the joy of salvation that is a person, Jesus Christ. And today, maybe you need to trust Him as you've never trusted Him before. Maybe you're kind of struggling, and it's maybe along with David. Lord, I I need you to restore the joy of salvation. I need to to get back to this issue of obedience, and I need to get where you want me to be. Or maybe you're just walking through some of those long, hard times, and, and you just need to keep being faithful, that word of being steadfast, faithful today and faithful tomorrow. And, and maybe it's the idea that there's, there's some joy out in the, in the future, but I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to keep doing what I know God wants me to do. Or maybe just kind of getting into this giving season. And maybe God is just going to bless you by giving you some unique opportunities to give. Christmas is a lot of things. But it is joy, and it is possible because God sent His Son. And angels announced the reality, and we know that when people came and they found Jesus, that's when they found the joy. So we're going to stand and we're going to sing, and you may need to respond in some way in your seat, at the altar, because you cannot just only give. This is another place to pray about the joy in your heart and the hearts of others. So let's stand. And let's sing.
For the joy set before him endured the cross. In other words, when Jesus was in heaven where there was rejoicing nonstop all the time, was willing to come to the world. The incarnation, the idea of leaving heaven and coming to be God with us. It would seem to me that if you go to a church called Emmanuel, that ought to be a big deal. That he came here. Part of that coming was understanding that there was a joy at the end. This idea of joy in in the Christmas story, and and we've been sending it and talking about it in the book of Philippians, and hopefully it's a concept that we can get a hold of. Hopefully it's one that no matter what you're walking through and where you're going or what the next few weeks are going to look like, that in your giving, in your being faithful, in your worship, this concept of joy is something that you're going to hold out for. And understand, sometimes joy is that sense of excitement, that sense of of just... But there's sometimes where joy and peace are really close together, that kind of, it's well with my soul. In fact, that particular words, Horatio Spafford wrote those words after his one child had been burned in a fire and three had been lost in a... uh, in a tragic sea accident, and on the ship going to meet his wife, they stopped at the place where some of those things had happened, and that's when he wrote those words, when uh, peace like a river attends my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll. There's something about this sense of joy. And, And the final thing I would say is, in terms of spiritual context, love, joy, peace are the first three of the fruits of the Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is able to produce this thing of joy when we focus on Jesus Christ. Christmas is a lot of things, but it really is, in Jesus Christ, the spirit of joy. I'm going to suggest, I know this is a little different, they always take the offering envelopes and collect them after this service because 
you just never know this group at Emmanuel, what they might do. I, I'm going to suggest that we leave these envelopes here so when the second service gives, they can kind of put them together. So any of you in this Sunday school class that meets in here? Okay, I think we're going to ask you to keep really good watch. I mean, I, just really good watch. We're just going to leave those there, leave them on the altar, and then when all the gifts have given, then basically they become the presence and the work of God. Well, Father, we thank you for the joy of Jesus Christ. We thank you for those who've experienced that joy throughout the ages. Lord, we thank you for the promise of joy someday in your presence. Lord, we thank you for the joy of giving that's occurred, the, the regular giving that goes on every week in this church. But today, this very special act of giving, we pray that you will indeed bless what's been placed on the altar, that it will be a sweet sacrifice, that it will promote the glad tidings of great joy for all people, and that, Father, you will bless this church as they place their focus on you and their focus on beyond the walls and the good news of Jesus Christ. Bless us as we go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's broadcast of Living Love. If this message has impacted you in any way, please let us know. If you would like to contact us, find out more about our church, or if you'd like to support our mission, visit ibcbenton.com. That's ibcbenton.com. Or give us a call at 618 439 3513